Welcome to episode 19 of Becoming MindStrong, and today we're talking about emotional eating. Now, emotional eating is probably the number one topic where I hear people start to just knock their self-worth. I hear things like, I have no self-control. Anytime that my emotions get the best of me, I turn to food. And people tend to think that it's just them, that it's a reflection on their willpower or their self-worth, and that it's it's just a problem that can't be fixed. Like it's something that we're born with. I'm an emotional eater. All hopes are lost for me. And what we're going to dive into in this podcast is, first of all, we're going to normalize it. We're going to understand the reason why we turn to food when we're in an emotional state. And then most importantly, we're going to do the work to start making choices of how we can turn to healthier options when we're feeling those same emotions. Check it out. Welcome to Becoming MindStrong, the official podcast of MindStrong Fitness. My name is Rachel. I'm the owner and head coach of MindStrong Fitness, and I am here to teach you truth. No more bullshit, no more point systems, no more shakes, no more raps. This is math and science, and we're going to learn how to do it together. Ready? Let's rock and roll. So when we talk about emotional eating, there's there's a very specific place we need to start. We need to understand human nature. Human nature, as humans, we were designed to avoid pain and seek pleasure. But above all, it's to avoid pain. It is in our nature that we do not want to stay in any state of discomfort, whether it's physical discomfort, whether it's emotional discomfort. As human beings, we are designed to avoid pain first and foremost and then go toward pleasure. So anytime we're feeling emotion, whether that emotion is stress, whether it's loneliness, whether it's sadness, it is in our nature to want to get out of that state. Now, how we go about getting out of that state is personal choice. And I say choice, but really it's usually a product of our upbringing, what we saw modeled, what we've learned just by doing and repeating because we are creatures of habit. But at the end of the day, we are all doing something to get out of that state. For some people, it's turning to drugs. For some people, it's turning to alcohol. For a lot of people, it's turning to food. So when you identify as an emotional eater, eater, the first thing we need to identify is that there's nothing wrong with that. We are all doing something, whether it's food, drugs, alcohol, exercise, meditation, whatever. The, the, the why behind emotional eating is the same for everyone. And the answer is, it's not a lack of willpower. It's not a reflection on your self-worth. It comes down to human nature. You don't want to stay in a state of discomfort. And these emotions, whether, again, whether it's sadness, whether it's anger, whether it's hurt, whether it's loneliness, those are states of discomfort. And as human beings, we are not going to stay there. So the first thing we want to do is normalize this. If you're an emotional eater, there's nothing wrong with you. But the the tool that you're using to change your state is obviously not the healthiest for you. Now, the second thing we need to identify is why food is such a good state changer, right? If we're feeling sad or lonely or upset or angry, why does eating food change our state? And there's a few reasons for this. I mean, logistically, 
When you eat a big meal, all that blood has rushed to your belly and it's out of your head now and it's a good distraction. So logically, it's just taking you out of being consumed with whatever's happening right then. And now your focus is on something else. Then there's the good feelings, right? Well, usually when we're in this state, we're not munching on vegetables. We're not going to carrot sticks when we're (laughs) feeling super lonely. We go for ice cream. We go for chocolate. We go for pizza. We want those those fatty or those sugary comfort comfort foods. And why is that? Because of the rush that they bring, right? When we eat a fatty food, when we eat a processed food, when we eat a high sugar food, they're releasing those feel-good chemicals on our body. And if there's anything that we truly, truly want when we're in an emotional state, it's those feel-good chemicals. That's the reason some people choose drugs, right? Drugs are an instant state change. You get those feel-good chemicals real fast. So when you're eating these fatty foods or these sugary foods, they're doing the same thing. They're they're creating the feel-good chemicals in your body that it's craving when it's not feeling so good emotionally. So it makes total sense that we're turning to food during, during this emotional time. And the reason that we're spending time talking about this, the reason we're opening the podcast with this is because we tend to think of emotional eating as an identifying characteristic. I'm tall, I'm short, I have dark hair, I have light hair, I'm an emotional eater. As if we were born this way and there's nothing we can do about it. And just like when it comes to nutrition, just like when it comes to finances, just like when it comes to relationship, step one to change is always shining the light of awareness. So what we're doing right now is normalizing. We're shining the light of awareness on why this happens. I want you to understand that this is not a defining characteristic of who you are. This is human nature that we are going to choose something to change our state when we're emotional. And if you identify as an emotional eater, it just so happens that you've chosen a very normal outlet of food. Once we understand that, that's where it comes down to choice. And you've heard me talk about this with nutrition, that our bodies love choice. Our bodies love options. We as human beings don't like being told what to do. So simply telling yourself, I'm upset, don't eat. That's never going to work, right? You've, you've tried that. <laughs> We've all tried that before. And it's not going to work because your body does not want to stay in that state of discomfort. So when we can fully identify with this fact that when you're emotional, you're in a state of discomfort. When you're in a state of discomfort, your body wants to get out of that. What we need to do is change our emotional state right now. Then we get ourselves to a point where it comes down to choice. Then we get to choose, okay, I know that right now I'm not really hungry. I know that the only reason I want to eat right now is because I'm looking to change my emotional state and my brain is currently wired from my habits to go to food to do that. And then we get to make a choice of how we truly want to change our state based on ways that are more aligned with our goals. Because we know by now, right, we've done this long enough that we know food is a very temporary fix. Yes, we get those feel-good chemicals in the moment. But what happens after you digest? right? Not even until you're fully digested. A few minutes after you eat, when those chemicals wear off, then then the realization sets in. Then reality sets in of, oh, I shouldn't have done this. I should have done this. I wish I hadn't. I'm so late. And then all the loop down the rabbit hole, we go of all the limiting beliefs. I have no willpower. I always do this. This is never going to stick for me. Why do I always go down this path? And on and on down the rabbit hole we go. We know that it's temporary. We know that when those feel-good chemicals wear off, 
we're stuck with the reality that we just ate stuff not aligned with our goals and they, it doesn't feel so good. And now we're just coming off the sugar high or we're stuck processing this processed fatty food that doesn't feel good because we weren't designed to eat it. So the fix is there very temporarily. And then we're stuck with the not so good feeling of the aftershock. So what we want to learn to do now that we've shined this light of awareness, what we want to learn to do is identify in that moment that what we're truly looking to do is change our state and then make choices for how to do it in a way that is not only not going to lead to regret, but it's going to lead to feeling even better. It's how do we get that that dose of those feel-good chemicals in a way where it's going to only leave us feeling better, where there is no crash, there's just more feel-good chemicals. So how you do that is going to be personal. I know for me, exercise became, this is how I got into exercise. Because when I would go, when I was going through a period of my life that came with a lot of stress, there was a lot of change, there was a lot of discomfort. I started going to unhealthy things to change my state, to take my mind off all the change that was happening in my life. And it hit a point where I was so sick of the crash that came with that, that I decided to replace it. So instead of going and having a few drinks or instead of going and eating foods that are leaving me feeling like crap, every time I get that same, it was a very identifiable feeling, right? And we all have it. We know what our trigger is. If it's loneliness, if it's sadness, if it's anger, when I would feel that, I started very slowly. It was when I feel this, instead of doing X, I'm going to do Y. And for me, it was, I'm going to do 10 pull-ups. I wasn't into working out right then. I could barely do a pull-up. But I bought an over-the-door pull-up bar, and I made a deal with myself that every time I feel this very distinct feeling, instead of going and choosing an unhealthy way to get out of that state, I was going to do 10 pull-ups. Even if it took me 10 minutes, because I did one a minute, I was going to do it. And what would happen is it felt like crap in the moment, right? My brain was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to push myself. I want to go get the quick fix. But then after I did those 10, I felt strong. I felt empowered. And it took a while, right? It took weeks of doing this, but eventually I started to rewire my brain where it started to automatically trigger, I feel this feeling, I'm going to go get out some physical energy. And eventually those pull-ups led to back in the days where I actually enjoyed running, I would go for a run. And eventually that led to workouts. And now my brain is just wired for when I feel these distinct feelings, I need to physically exert energy in the form of exercise. And just like everything we talk about, this is not all or nothing. This is not a major life overhaul. I started with something very simple. I know that my body needs a state change right now. I know this feeling has been causing me discomfort and that the the solutions that I've been going to leave me feeling worse. So I'm going to do something very simple. And it's going to take a ton of effort in the beginning. But with time and consistency, we literally rewire our brain to start to crave that new outlet, especially Because again, our bodies don't want to live in discomfort. And that crash that comes, that's discomfort. So when you introduce your body to this new healthier option, and it not only gives you that release, but it also gives you more positive effects, of course your body's going to crave it because our bodies are pleasure-seeking creatures. So whatever it is for you, it might not be exercise, right? Exercise is a great one because it releases those, those positive feelings, those endorphins. But maybe for you, it's meditating. Maybe for you, it's journaling. Maybe for you, it's taking the dog for a walk. But the idea is that when we recognize where it's coming from, 
that emotional eating is not a trait we were born into, that it's a, your body's signal that it does not want to be in the emotional state that it's in. When we identify that, now we give ourselves choice. We can pause and we can breathe and we can say, okay, you know what? Right now I feel sad. Right now I feel angry. Right now I feel lonely. And then we can make a choice. Yes, I always have the option. I can go eat an entire bag of chips right now. And I know that temporarily I'm going to feel great for about 10, 15 minutes. I also know that an hour from now, I'm going to feel like complete crap. I'm going to be beating myself up that I didn't stick with my goals. I'm not going to feel any better than when I started. In fact, I'm going to feel way worse. So what choice can I make that's going to get me out of this state of discomfort and not only bring me instant gratification, but it's going to continue those feelings. I'm going to not only feel good in this moment, but it's going to change the trajectory of my day. Meditation does that. Journaling does that. Long walks in nature do that. Exercise certainly does that. It comes down to choice. It comes down to what works for you. The other thing I suggest is this. A lot of times when we talk about emotional eating, it leads to a conversation about mindful eating. Now, I will be the first to admit, when I heard the term mindful eating, I like I used to roll my eyes. I used to think it meant... People with long hair sitting around a campfire eating hemp seeds and singing kumbaya. That's what I pictured with mindful eating. (laughs) And the more I researched it, the more I realized how far from the truth that is and how naive I was to think that. When we talk about mindful eating, we're talking about being very cognizant of what's going on. And a great way to do this, you can be very formal about it. You can do this with a journal or you can just jot down some notes. But to me, mindful eating is all, yes, there's the logistics of paying attention when you're eating, not just scarfing food down. But for the purposes of our conversation, it's about noticing patterns. So let's say you're a person who likes to journal. You can make a journal. And in one column, you could say time of day. In the other journal, you could, in the other column, you could say what I'm doing. Column three is what I'm feeling. And column four is the choice that you make. And here's what I mean by that. Let's say that you're sitting on the couch, you're watching a Lifetime movie. It's 8 p.m. And you notice right now, so you write in your journal, 8 p.m., watching a Lifetime movie. I feel lonely. My thoughts are things like, why don't I have someone to watch a movie with? I wish I had someone to cuddle with on the couch. And I'm craving ice cream. So you just jot that down, leave it where it is. The next day or a few days later, you're sitting on the couch, you're watching TV. You notice you start to have a similar feeling. You start craving chocolate. You're feeling lonely. When you start to keep track of this, what we start to notice is patterns. Maybe a certain time of night triggers this for you. Maybe certain types of TV shows or movies trigger this for you. Maybe certain feelings trigger certain cravings, right? Maybe you're a person that when you feel lonely, you crave sweet food or you crave fatty foods. And then what we can start to do is we can start to food shop knowing that these cravings exist, but with healthier choices. For example, if you notice that one of your patterns is that when you feel sad, you crave sweet foods, but you also know that you've been really good with your nutrition, so you don't want to turn to chocolate every time that happens. Maybe that week when you food shop, you buy some extra fruit, knowing that, yeah, until I I find a healthier outlet at 8 p.m. each night when I like to watch sad movies, maybe I make myself a little fruit salad to have, and that's going to just scratch that itch. It's going to give you that, that fix for that craving that you want. And we're rewiring your brain to start tapping into these healthier choices, right? None of this is about suppression. It's never about saying, I shouldn't be an emotional eater. I need to not eat when I feel emotional. It's about identifying the source of the problem. 
It's about identifying that we are not the problem. We do not lack willpower. There's nothing wrong with us. It is human nature to want to avoid pain. And all you are doing is being a human. You are avoiding pain and seeking pleasure. And once we identify that, it's about noticing patterns. And most of all, it's about making choices that we feel good, not only in the moment, not only to shift our state in the moment, but that's going to continue to fuel that positive momentum. And when you give yourself choice, that's how you create a sustainable lifestyle. That's how you stick to your goals. And that is how you make choices that you're proud of. So the next time you start to notice these patterns, I encourage you to do a few things. First of all, if you're a person who likes to journal, keep a journal of it. If you're a person who likes to just jot down notes, then open the notes in your phone and start a note section. Most of all, pause and breathe and recognize what's truly happening. This is simply your body sending you a message that you don't want to be in this state and you get to make a choice. And in the beginning, yeah, it's going to take a lot of effort. You are literally rewiring your brain. But just like everything else with time and consistency, this becomes a new habit and habits are how we change our lives. If you're ready to start forming new habits, grab my free macro cheat sheet at bit.ly.com slash macro cheat sheet, B-I-T-L-Y dot macro cheat sheet.